0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Divorce A Podcast. This is your host, Linda, and we are just so glad you could join us today. Um, I'd like to consider this podcast as a place where we foster a community of hope and encouragement for women who have gone through the unfortunate circumstances of divorce and relationship loss. i like to also think of it as a safe place or a safe space, if you will, for us to share our journeys with one another. So from time to time, in addition to talking to other women who have gone through these um, experiences, if you will, of divorce and relationship loss, I'd like to also present topics that will enlighten as well as educate us. So as you know, in today's society, there are a lot of people suffering from mental health challenges more than ever. And some are aware of their issues and others are not. So On the podcast today, we're going to bring you an expert who is going to educate us on narcissistic personality disorder. This is an area which is of particular interest to me because I consider myself a survivor of living through a situation where that may have been a major issue in our relationship. So today I'm going to welcome Dr. Vanessa Abernathy. Dr. Abernathy, or Dr. V as she's called, she's a clinical psychologist, a liberation theologian and coach whose aim and focus it is to transform systems that oppress people such as they might rise from surviving to thriving. She has an expertise in the areas of overcoming emotional abuse such as narcissistic and borderline personality. She provides psychotherapy family life education, and community outreach through her Greensboro, North Carolina practice. She's committed to women's health and mental well-being and enjoys seeing this growth in those she works with and in her own life. She has a bachelor's degree in English education, two masters in divinity, and a doctorate in clinical psychology. Hello Dr. Abernathy. It is a pleasure to have you here with us today and uh how are you doing today? I'm well. The honor is all mine. I'm so glad that we could do this because uh as I said in the intro, uh this is an area that's really um something that I only learned about as a result of being in a really uh sort of abusive marriage and I and it was a very unique type of abuse. So, and I start hearing the word narcissistic personality disorder. And so I start thinking to myself, this sounds like what, what is going on here. So, um, a lot of people are dealing with that. You're starting to hear a little bit more about it. So I, um, wanted to discuss that with you today. So let's get started and move forward. So, um, my first question for you today is just describe to us what narcissistic personality disorder is.
1: Well, um, first
0: of all, I do want to
1: say that um, it this is a is a disorder, a mental health issue that can be seen along a spectrum. People mm-hmm. have different levels of functioning, and the signs and symptoms vary uh, based on the person and based. They can vary in level of severity and also what shows up and what doesn't. But when we think about it generally, uh, the spectrum tends to be overt, right? Those people who Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you meet them, uh, they might make your skin crawl or really (laughs) make your stomach (laughs) hurt.
0: (laughs) Yes, Uh, I know. know, Mm -hmm.
1: In this current political climate, we've had quite a few people stand out and a lot of professionals uh, imagine that this person, if they were a client, would be diagnosed as an overt narcissist but then ones that become a little more difficult to identify especially if you're in a relationship with them is what um, we may have experienced is covert narcissist that's someone who is prince charming in the street but is mm-hmm. raising all kinds of hell at home so the variability and the vulnerability is mainly in their self-esteem you might experience them as someone who always has to be seen, always has to be heard, they're always seeking approval, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're always pretty much performing. But underneath it, that's usually a person that has a very fragile self-esteem. So it may go from thinking that they're superior and they have this grandiose sense of self, or they're easily, easily insulted when there's any type of criticism or questioning. So this person may have problems uh, of impairment in their identity, right? They may put out their false self, but really hide that true self, which is severely insecure. They Mm -hmm. may lack direction. Um, They may know, one of the real hard marks is a lack of empathy, their inability to really experience things from the other person's perspective it could be their romantic partner even their children not really getting the impact of what they do and so this might also limit them in their intimacy because for them people are objects they're an extension of how they need to see themselves so and they also are very manipulative so those Mm -hmm. are some of the things that just kind of put it in a nutshell and you know, if we if you'd like we could talk a little bit more about
0: different signs and symptoms. Okay, yeah, we will. And it's funny, as you talked you were speaking, I'm thinking I actually felt like I was getting a chill because so much of what you said is was absolutely true of the situation that I lived in. And mm-hmm. um also I think i uh, I noticed in my marriage Um, What do I want to say? A lack of accountability for anything. For instance, when I would say, "Well, you were attacking me, and you said this, and you degraded me, and you this and that," he would say things like, "You know what? You really need to think about what you did and what you said before Mm -hmm. I did or said what I did. What I did say. I mean, and that's I found a a great deal of the inability to be accountable for." Mm -hmm.
1: his actions. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, um, when you're in that experience, it feels like a tit for tat, right? So Mm -hmm. all great, all good enough uh, marriage counselors tell you, you know, as a couple, if you have conflict, only deal with one issue at a time. So if I have a concern on the table, it's not time for you to bring in all the other concerns that you had the last time, you know, we had a, a disagreement. Well, part of this lack of accountability, as you call it, is this, this desperate need to protect their false self. So mm. if I believe, and it's really a delusion, if I believe that I'm superior, that I am the best husband that you could ever want on earth, I'm perfect, everyone <laughs> loves me, there's no, I can't even accept the fact that you're telling me, one, this is something that I did that wasn't perfect, and two, that it had a negative impact on you. So they mm-hmm. often overestimate the impact they have on other people, right? Like I'm God's gift to the earth. Right. Or they under underestimate the impact that they have on us, uh, that, that what they did was as damaging as we mm-hmm. experienced it. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So that that is a very common, very common experience.
0: Yes, I mean, really, I I just hear so many things that that uh, that happened with us. So th- those are the classic sort of traits that that they have. Is are there any um, for people that uh, may have this disorder? Is there a treatment for that? Do, is there a way they can seek, like say, be someone like you and and come? Or, or is there any sort of a level of treatment they could seek
1: well well it's it's an interesting um, question because if you think about it, this is not the the treatment that that exists is talk therapy right psychotherapy,
0: mm-hmm. but a
1: person like this is will very rarely seek treatment for that particular thing, so okay. they won't come in wondering and i've had people call you know on a phone consultation saying i wonder if i have narcissistic personality well most people who really display the traits the signs and symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder won't have that kind of insight and they won't call that to attention now they may come in for things like anxiety depression um, any other mental health issue or relationship marital distress, and the, let's say the person gave them, um, you know, we have to go to therapy or this can't be addressed. But usually they're not going to seek treatment for narcissistic personality. And and if you don't mind, I want to double back just a bit. So when mm-hmm. we're talking about a personality disorder, we're talking about thoughts, behaviors, and feelings that seem to be fixed over time. So if I'm two years old and I'm upset about something, it's not uncommon. It's not unnatural. It's very healthy for me to have a tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. I have limited words. People Mm -hmm. around me aren't understanding what I want. I want it now. But if I have that same inner experience as an adult and someone who is in a mutually um, regarding relationship, then Mm -hmm. that becomes inappropriate and unhealthy.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Right. So, so I, I, yeah. They're, so they're not going to come in for that, but there's because there's a range of functioning. If someone is high functioning, where they really are able to, um, you know, come in and work on relationship skills and managing their distress, managing change and challenge, then they could benefit from therapy very much.
0: So, because I was thinking, as we say, uh, there's. They 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 have this they have this grandiose way about them. I mean, would they even think that they have something wrong with them because they're so grand and so perfect? I'm just wondering would anybody even seek treatment for that? So you're right. Just now they may say
1: you that. have it, so you they may tell <laughs> yes. you right. Mm-hmm. They may mm-hmm. tell you. Let's say you started asking those questions and you're like, well, maybe I have it, especially because one of the things that they do uh, is what we call projection. So they may say, you're very selfish, and every opportunity you get, you try to put me down in front of other people. Now, in your mind, you're thinking, this is exactly how I experienced them. Mm -hmm. But they're projecting it onto you because, remember, I have to protect my false self, my representative at all costs. So, you know, they have this sense of entitlement and they require constant excessive admiration. So once you see what's behind the mask, usually what they're gonna do is what we call discard you. So at the beginning of the relationship, you're idealized. You're special, you're my soulmate. There's usually this hot and heavy, intense courtship. They're really quick to move Mm -hmm. forward with things. And you're way better than my other partner because they're crazy. Right, Ooh,
0: yes, oh my goodness, this, I think you've been watching my man. I think you saw my whole marriage and relationship. Oh not, my goodness, I, did
1: not. I promise you,
0: I didn't. I, you know, I've said it
1: before that you know, people call and we'll start having these conversations, and then they'll ask me, Do you know Joe? and I'll say, No, I don't know Joe, but I know Joe. You know, Joe, <laughs> and yes. So then after the idealization comes the devaluation, right. They're mm-hmm. kind of belittling you, especially if you as inferior, barrier um, or if you're, you're the center of attention. Let's say it's, it's your graduation, but for whatever reason, they need it to be about them. So they have to turn it emotionally some way. So they may be criticizing you, putting you down uh, what we call gaslighting. Something happened yes. and they tell you it didn't. I didn't say that. I never said that. Or they may love bomb you. All of a sudden they come in and they're on cloud nine, and you're the best thing. They want to sweep you off for the weekend. Um, And it really creates this uh, uneasiness and this imbalance in you. Uh So mm. there's different things that they use to really manipulate and stay in control and one up. And then the third part is discard. They usually discard you. They may abruptly break up with you. They may come home and say, you know what, I don't love you anymore. I don't really want to be, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm just, it just isn't, you're not doing this for me or whatever it is. But usually in that, there's another piece right before discarding. It's called triangulation, where there's usually, they're usually grooming, if not
0: already involved with their next Hmm. source of narcissistic supply. Wow. 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 You know, and another thing I remember... I had a very dysfunctional marriage, let me just say, because I did leave and I continued to to sort of date him, if you will, until he got tired of me. And then he was like, oh, you know, by the way, I want a divorce. I'm going to meet you down all this time. He says, come into my house, come in. Then when he got tired, he said, you know what? I'm just going to bring you these papers. Why don't you meet me over at, Um, I had to meet him somewhere and sign it. Now he's tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was trying to do it. He was like, oh, no, let's try to work it out. Let's do this. Then when he got tired, it was like, cut me off completely. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's devastating. And it's confusing,
0: right? Because this
1: person is pursuing you, and then all of a sudden they discard you. And it's interesting choice of words, you know, that he got tired. But a lot of times what we assume they're tired of is not tired of the work that it takes to get you back. But really, that is it because they want to sweep you off your feet. They want to win mm-hmm. you. They want you under their thumb. And once the chase and the and especially once you've seen behind the mask, you become public enemy number one because you pose a threat to who they really are. Okay, and I see. Mm-hmm. The thing about narcissistic personality is that, um, you know, it's possible for a person to have more than one diagnosis of a personality disorder at a time. So yes. borderline personality is very closely with narcissistic personality. So I often tell my clients, you know, if you're gonna read up on this, you're gonna arm yourself with education. You wanna read about both of these because you may have experienced a variation of okay.
0: the truth. Okay. Okay, yeah. so I guess my next question then, Are there specific causes? Um, I mean, could it be nature versus nurture as, could it be, he's there naturally that way? Or is this something that may have happened in their background growing up experience that caused this behavior?
1: That's a great question. I don't often get asked that one, but I will tell you, we don't know. Um, what, What all the research shows is that the cause is likely very complex. It may have been some environmental things it could be that um you know they had a parent who was overly indulgent thought that they were god's gift you know ad- adored them no matter what they did or was excessively critical um and or or you know and just not well attuned to the reality of this child's identity or experience um and it could be that they were predisposed because they had a parent who had similar behaviors You know, Mm -hmm. mom, when things didn't go her way, she gave everybody the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. Uh, She demonized them. They were the villains. And so, a lot of times, we call these, um, especially the maltreatment of a child early on, we might Mm -hmm. call those a narcissistic injury and an early Mm -hmm. emotional attachment injury. But sometimes they're matters of genetics. You know, there's uh, emotional dysregulation. And then, of course, there's the mind body. Um, brain connection, right? So the brain, the body, and connection in the way that people think uh, that, that could all be at play, but we really don't know. Uh, and because of that, we we don't know how to <laughs> prevent it besides having healthy, just trying to have the most healthy balanced, and helpful relationships that we can in life.
0: Okay. That's interesting because uh, I just, I believe that there were some there was a level of some sort of neglect and some other things that went on and I always would say I think you have mommy issues I think there's some things that occurred mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. that occurred uh he was the last born of a bunch born very late in her life and her husband died mm-hmm. she had another you know somebody else in the household and I just felt that. I feel kind of sad. I was sad for him in a way because mm-hmm. there were things that he seemed to do himself when a mother, a parent should have been there, like going to sure. ball games and sure. things like that. And he just sort of seemed like he had been on his own. But I mm-hmm. also... There was something else you were saying was about that insecurity? Um, mm-hmm. I found myself. I found myself feeding into some of the things, like you said. They always needed this this validation. Like I would be like, "Oh, you know, you're really great at what you do." I mm-hmm. would do that because I felt that I knew that he needed it. I felt that if I do that, that will make things just always be great. Let him know how great he is, how good Mm -hmm. he looks, how, but really in the end, none of it mattered. Like you said, once it's over, it's not exciting anymore and he moved on. So, you know, in doing a little bit of my research on the topic of narcissistic personality disorder, I was reading then about um, narcissistic abuse. See, I think in mm-hmm. general, we look at abuse, abuse as one whole thing. But is there mm-hmm. anything different about how abuse looks versus narcissistic abuse or is just like all just horrible abuse?
1: That's, a, that's a, um, an important distinction. Um, one of the things, you know, I want to address what you said. You said you found yourself kind of feeding, you know, into the insecurity. If if that were a healthy, and emotionally healthy person in a healthy interpersonal relationship where there's balance and reciprocity, that's helpful and healthy behavior. It's it's you know it's natural to encourage your partner to yes, yes. Um, reassure them and look upon them with the hope and um, you know the prospects that you see in each other. But when mm-hmm. you find yourself really being um, the skeletons to someone whose self-esteem if you were not there was very non-existent or it fluctuated And for a lot of people um, You know one of the you know when you asked about the nature of which is nurture one thing We found is that it does occur, you know, it affects men more than women for whatever mm-hmm. reason um, and It usually shows up when they're teens or early adulthood when things start to get really stressful and demanding and so what can happen as a survivor of this type of misuse right anytime Mm -hmm. you use something in a way that is not according to the way it was designed or given to you that's abuse that's misuse and so narcissistic abuse is what we call the type of abuse that has invisible scars so again, we talked about the idealization, devaluation, the, the discard, but when you think about it, there also do things like um, smear campaigns
0: and mm. love bombing.
1: So they may love bomb you where they start to really, you know, and we call, also call it hoovering where they try to suck you back in. Now, the hoovering may not be with love bombing. The love bombing is that, you know, giving you that you're getting, so the the thing about supply for a narcissist, it doesn't matter if it's positive supply or negative supply. If you're in love with me, I'm eating it up. If you hate me and express it, I'm eating it up. Either way, it's feeding
0: my Mm.
1: malnutrition ego, right? So sometimes to get a rise out of you, I may hoover you. I may try to triangle you in. I tell someone else, about you or have someone what we call flying monkeys unfortunately that's what we call them they're people (laughs) (laughs) who believe that this person who has victimized you they believe their story that they're the victim and you're the villain
0: Mm. and so the flying
1: monkeys may call you they may show up on your job they may say well you know um you know why, what are we going to do, you know, for the next holiday? Um, are you going to take care of them? And why don't you work on it? Or, I mean, literally inappropriate mm. things. This yes. person could have abused you and your children, and they will stand up for them saying, you know that. And it's usually tied to whatever role this person has, because they want unquestioned compliance with who mm. they are. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're the mother, even though you're abusive, well, you only have one mother. Well, but mother doesn't mean you get to treat me any kind of way. Right. So smear campaigns, talking bad about you out in public. Yes. Um, and this causes you to feel self doubt,
0: mm, right? Anxiety, yes. absolutely. Um, and, and
1: usually, our anxiety as as an overcomer, we start to try to control other people's behavior. Right. Become very controlling. You may experience panic, depression. Um, and that could, you know, anger in itself is healthy, but it could lead to rage with
0: the temptation for revenge. Oh, okay. So, and I used to also say this to him, you want obedience, not respect. It was obedience. Yeah, I
1: mean, definitely.
0: Definitely. I definitely. say that. Definitely. So, 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 go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, so as a woman of faith, and, you know, I, we we talked a little bit about being women of faith and how the narrative of church and church council is. And I think that from what what I've seen in the church, in terms of separation or divorce at all, the narrative is really always to seek the face of the Lord, which I believe, and seek spiritual counsel. So as as women of faith, what do you recommend for us or anyone who finds themselves sort of in this situation in terms of, of trying to maybe resolve it or move to the next step? What, what do you, what do you see that we recommend that we do as women of faith? Cause I think it's hard sometimes because of biblical principles and things like that.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, well, one of the things when you talked about how it was your tendency to try to encourage and reassure your ex-husband um, that is called empathy, right? This is the mm-hmm. thing they don't have. Uh, and that, most people who might be the victim of someone like this are what we call empath, right? E M P A T H S. Empaths, okay. empath, we are people who are able to feel with other people. We're right. able to okay. connect with what they're feeling. And most of most people of faith, that is one of their core tenets, one of their mm-hmm. core values, right? Um, Absolutely. And so you know, this this symptoms what I what I try to explain is that Um, issues like anxiety, depression, um, betrayal, rejection, all these things, they are health issues. So just as if a person had a cold or cancer, you wouldn't just expect them to only pray about it
0: Mm -hmm. and seek spiritual
1: counsel. You would encourage them that they might benefit from professional help, right? And for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, there are a lot of leaders and members in faith communities who are engaging in this abusive type of interaction. And so to go to someone who may not understand and may use your faith claims against you. So one, the abusive person may use your faith claims against you. Uh, you know, we don't believe in divorce. Divorce is not an and God hates divorce, but God also hates misuse of other people. God yes. hates hate God hates murder, God mm-hmm. hates slander, and these are all things that are part of this type of toxic relationship because this could be the person that always tries to monopolize you know monopolize the conversation or they belittle you yes. or put you down or they criticize everything about you, wow. so that the more insecure you become, you are more pliable in their hands mm-hmm. right, and then mm-hmm. they want they want favors. I always say this, and, you know, I won't use colorful language, but they want credit for regular stuff. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Every day, more than everything. Every day. Like, well, that's what any good enough mother would do. That's what any good enough father would do. You don't get extra special credit for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think makes many of us stay longer is the fact that our faith claims are now held in that passage. And that becomes the importance between religion and relationship. Because in a relationship like this, religion is insufficient because that's a set of understandings and beliefs, right? And they're kind of, right. there's not much fluidity. But when you talk about relationship, if you're in relationship with a loving God and you're going yes. back to this person and it should not line up, Then you're going to have a different response okay so yeah that 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 is my and i you know there are some things that i do uh recommend you know people do in those cases but it's definitely worth looking at how are my faith dreams holding me hostage Mm -hmm. and how much of this is duty and how much of this really is inconsistent with the devotion that I feel a loving God has for me.
0: Yes. 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 Because I just, I just feel that, you know, you talk about the religion. I, 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 a young lady, I was in conversation with at my church told me that she had, had gone with some, somebody had gone to the, you know, the church, to the minister, to the clergy and talked about being in a, just an abusive relationship and what they should do. And I apparently, she said that she didn't agree because she ended up leaving the church, and so that's mm. why I think too. Um, I, I I'm, I've thought often about divorce overcome overcomer ministries in the church because there is a place for it in the church. I do think sure. there is a place sure. for it because, um, but I don't think. Many churches have reached that point because they are preaching or t- teaching about what you need to do to be a Christian couple, and I think it's wonderful, but you figure if divorce rates are fifty percent of the population, part of that population is in the church, so oh, yeah, and I, I feel that, in the church mhm and and a um, lot of things are hidden in the church.
1: Oh, so. very much so, because think about it, think about it. if I have a false self. I can serve in 10 ministries, I can sing, I could preach, I could usher, I could do everything on the outside that looks, quote, unquote, face filled But because mm-hmm. this is an interpersonal illness, it's only those that I'm in close contact with, close relationship with, who I feel most vulnerable with, that they're going to see these signs and symptoms. And especially with the covert narcissist, because they look like, you know, she looks like an angel, and you experiencing her as otherwise. You're kind of confused, like, well, I mean, I feel like I've been beat up, but I don't have one scar. You know, mm-hmm. now sometimes it can include physical violence, and for some, you know, it 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 gets to that, you know, add that extra, you know, that other experience, but it's. It's just as traumatic without any physical violence. And sometimes once you make sense of it, how do you now say something? How do you speak what seems to be unspeakable about someone that no one's going to believe you? And then oftentimes they will tell you no one will believe you, right? Mm -hmm. And so what uh, the person you talked about seems to experience, they're already violated by this person they're in relationship with, but then they experience further trauma by feeling misunderstood and devalued and minimized by the church. Mm -hmm. And so divorce isn't by any means necessary, it's marriage. (laughs) And marriage, if someone had a substance abuse problem or an illness that they refused to treat, then where are you left Mm -hmm. in your covenant? Yes. Right? Because true biblical unity means we've decided that we're going to stay in this together but that means that anything that rises up against us, we're going to both turn and face it together, without mm-hmm. running away in two different directions. But when the thing that's rising up against us is within you, and I want to deal with it and you don't, we have a problem. Yes. And wow. I wouldn't serve a God like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are churches that are getting this. Unfortunately, it's because they in leadership or someone close to them has experienced this and they saw the devastation firsthand. Right,
0: right. Wow. Well, I have to say, I believe now for sure <laughs> that I was in you know, a, a marriage that the person that I was with that truly did have struggles with this. And it was a difficult time. Like you said, there was some times when I was the most wonderful thing on earth, but other times when I was a complete opposite and I really overstayed my welcome, but I'm glad that I got out. I thank God that I finally did, um, you know, seek his God's face and, and I was given an answer and it was time to go. So even though I was feeling, you know, my ego was trampled upon by him, like saying, get out, you know, or whatever it was time for me to go. And I'm just glad I was able to recognize that and didn't continue to live with it for the rest of my days. Mm-hmm. So I just think this was some great information cause, because people don't know about this. It's starting to come, you know, become more prevalent in terms of conversation. But I really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your schedule to come and give us some information about this topic. I really You're appreciate so
1: welcome. You're so welcome.
0: And
1: um, so mm-hmm. I had a I had a couple of things, some practical things that I wanted to share if you have if you have the time. Yes, we have the time, um, cause of course. Because I, I made a couple of notes while you were asking me um okay. some these questions. So I've already mentioned speak speaking what seems to be unspeakable. Um this isn't something that you're gonna be able to just broadcast and everyone's gonna understand or even believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important to find trusted people to finally speak it and get out of your mind. I also encourage people, especially if they're in the relationship, but even there's something that we understand is called post-separation abuse. You're already broken up and they're still trying to manipulate and and gaslight and and provoke you, really, to stay engaged in the drama. I (laughs) encourage women uh, to keep a reality check journal. Write down the facts of what happened. Always write down your feelings, but you have to say, because, because you can get pulled back in Mm-hmm. Right? You're like, maybe they're not as bad. Well and you have to stay stay on top of the reality. The thing I always say is arm yourself with education just as you did. Mm-hmm. Find some reputable materials on this topic and what you've experienced. Um there's a great book called Stop Caretaking the Narcissist or Borderline in Your Life. Stop mm-hmm. Caretaking. That's a great book. Engaging in your spiritual disciplines to address feelings like rejection, confusion, fear. Um, Also examining some of your faith claims, putting in some healthy boundaries. Um, One thing is to disconnect some of the hot buttons, some of the negative self-talk that we've come into agreement with, right? Mm -hmm. So, because usually the reason people can get to us and push our buttons is because part of us believes with whatever lies believe you know some of what they're saying oh, and i also okay. believe in strategic giving you know there's power in our giving and uh, tithes and offering. oh so yes give, you know give make a donation to an organization or a program that works with this type of uh healing
0: okay.
1: um, and know that even in prayer um anger anger in the bible is a command it says be angry And sin not because it was a matter of people becoming one in Ephesians 2. And if you, we can't become one if anger is the human alarm to a real or perceived injustice. If I have injured you and I don't say anything, then how am I going to learn from that? And we grow closer. So it's important to get to anger, but not stay there. Mm -hmm. And always Mm -hmm. remember there's a difference between vengeance and vindication uh-huh. god can vindicate you but let god you know deal with the vengeance because yes yes really, yes yes it's really yes, not, yes. Uh, it's not an it's, because place. anger and rage is they're intoxicating mm-hmm. yes they are and then the last thing is you know how beyonce says A best revenge is your paper <laughs> yes <laughs> i always say the best revenge is your purpose
0: mm. this person
1: came along in life and for whatever reason, you may have felt de- derailed or distracted mm-hmm. or, or pushed back. And once we connect with what, why are we on earth and what is my purpose, that's when we feel fulfilled. We feel uh, validated because we are doing what God has put us on earth to do. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, usually when you pursue your purpose, it also becomes very profitable for you as well.
0: Okay very good very good information that you are sharing with us and I'm t- you, you you said you were taking notes I'm taking notes too <laughs> so <laughs> all right I'll have to you know remember some of these this um resource information that you've given. So again, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And um, And I hope that the um, Divorce A podcast audience, I hope that you learned something from the information that we presented to you today. And um, with that said, I'd like to thank you all for joining me. Um, this is your host, Linda, and we'll see you next time. Take care. And thank you, Dr. Vanessa Abernathy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.